more time. Let's just sing that out. How great, how great is our God. Sing with me. chapter 25 is where we're going today. Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read verses 1 through 13. We'll be reading this morning from the New International Version. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. To kind of take it back to a game we used to play and kids still play, whenever you were playing hide and seek and you got ready to come, you say, ready or not, here I come. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, ready or not, here 
he comes. Would you just stretch your hands this way and ask for God's anointing on my life today to preach. Father, we thank you and we just praise you so much for this opportunity to be in your house, Lord. What a beautiful atmosphere there has been so far, Lord, as we have worshiped and praised, as we have sang songs, we've played instruments, we've brought tithes and offering. And, Lord, now we come to this part of the service where we pull ourselves up to the master's table and we break the bread of life together. Lord, I need your anointing. Lord, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so necessary to do what you've called me to do. Lord, I believe that the word, your word, will not return void, but it will accomplish that which has been set forth to do. And I pray also for every person under the sound of my voice, Lord, both here in this building, listening by podcast, I pray that you'd open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits. Lord, I just give you the thanks and the praise and the honor for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. Ready or not, here he comes. As we begin this message this morning, I just need to remind you that Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again. I mean, there's all kinds of songs about it. There's the old hymn, Our Lord is Coming Back to Earth Again. There's that song that we used to sing, uh, good for you've heard all kinds of people singing. I really don't even remember who the first person that who even wrote the song and sang it first, but I've heard a lot of good people sing it. I think I've heard Alvin Slaughter sing it. I've heard a lot of different people sing it. Midnight cry. Jesus is coming when Jesus comes again. So many songs remind us, but today in this day and hour, I think we've come to the place where a lot of preachers don't want to preach about it and talk about it anymore, but I must remind you that Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again one day. And I believe that Scripture is very clear here in this passage of Scripture and many others that tell us we don't know the day or the hour when He is coming back. At any moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in fact, the Bible tells us, He could come back, split that eastern sky, and He is coming back. As we keep that in mind, I want us to begin to begin look at this portion of scripture, this parable that Jesus himself was teaching on when he was here in his earthly ministry. If you're taking notes, I've got five simple points. Don't panic. I think, oh Lord, we're never going to get out of here. There are five simple points this morning. Number one, as we look at this story, we find something very significant, and that is that all ten are virgins. I don't think I have to tell you you're the you're here this morning. We're not in children's church today. You know what this means. You know what a virgin is, and scripturally we know that a virgin represents purity. It represents someone that has not been defiled. It represents someone that has kept themselves pure. Now we do find a difference. They are split in half. We find that five were wise and that five were foolish. But we find that all ten of them, Scripture refers to them as virgins. They were all, I believe, believers. I believe when we read this portion of Scripture and we find that they were all ten referred to as, as virgins, I believe that they were all people who knew Christ, all people who that we would consider believers. We find also in this that all ten of them knew that the bridegroom was coming. There were none of them that were unaware of the fact that though the bridegroom had left, that the bridegroom was coming back. We find that all ten of them also had lamps. And I believe one more time that this gives us the significant fact that all ten of these virgins were believers, had known the bridegroom, had a relationship at one time with the bridegroom. Secondly, as we look into this story, we find that the wise virgins then had extra oil, but the foolish did not. As we looked at these first few points in number one, we find a lot of the significant or the similarities here, but now we begin to break them apart because obviously at the end of this story, it's pretty significant at the end what happens that five make it in and five don't make it in. So I believe it is significant that we look at the similarities, but now we start to begin to break it apart and find what was the reason why would five be called wise and five be called 
foolish. We find those that were wise had extra oil, and the ones that were called foolish did not have extra oil. So let's stop for just a minute and let's say, well, what is oil? I'm not talking about motor oil this morning. I'm not talking about crude oil this morning. I'm talking about oil in reference to the New Testament here, what Jesus is talking about. I believe that it represents true faith, righteousness, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just say that again just in case you want to write that down or need to hear it again. If we find what is this difference that distinguished between those that were wise and those that were foolish, those that were wise had the extra oil, and that oil in Scripture here represents true faith, They had true faith. They had righteousness. They were righteous. They had the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. So what does this say to us? Well, I believe as I look at this and I study this, I find that the foolish then, obviously, who did not have any extra oil, the foolish tried to barely make it in or they were simply trying to coast in on fumes. There's been a few times in my life, I'll admit, I'm a lot worse about it than Jamie is. I mean, I'll push it. I'll let, I'll let the gas needle get on down close to E. I'll let it not only get close to E, but there's been times it's gotten to the E and even on down below E. The little light will come on. It depends on what kind of vehicle. The light comes on. Sometimes it says, you know, destined or, or miles until empty. I've had it to where it's run down past zero and it just shows the lines on there. Come on, do I have anybody else like me that you'll do that to? Anybody? Thank you. I'm not alone here today. Yes, and, and sometimes I, I believe there's been a few times in my life even that I have found myself that as I was coming into the gas station that I heard the engine shut off and coasted in to the gas pump. Come on somebody, you ever been there before with me? Uh, Some of y'all, y'all can't stand it. Some of y'all, you get below three quarters of a tank and you start panicking. Come on, if that's you, lift your hand. You get below three quarters, you start getting panicking. You know, I got to get to the gas station. I don't want to run out of gas. Well, we find that these foolish virgins, uh, and I guess I can put myself in the foolish when it comes to gasoline and vehicles a lot of time. We find that the foolish ones, did not have any extra. If we were to refer to them, I believe that we find that they were trying to coast into heaven on fumes. They they just barely wanted to do what they had to do to coast in. Just like I told you like I've done before. I just needed enough. I just needed enough fumes for a few more explosions to push those cylinders up and down just a couple more times to get me in to that gas station. But here's the sad folks. It's funny sometimes unless you're out somewhere out in the middle of nowhere in midnight, then it's not funny. Uh, but it's funny when we talk about it in the sense of gasoline and vehicles. But folks, when we talk about it spiritually, it's not funny at all. Because there truly are a lot of people, a lot of people who are Christians, who have known Christ. Remember I said they're all virgins. They were all ten were virgins. All ten of them knew the bridegroom. But five that were considered foolish, they, they, they did not have any extra oil. In fact, we find that in the end they did not have enough oil. And they were trying to just simply have enough to get by. I'm about to preach right now whether you want to hear it or not. I've been at camp meeting all week. Let me just tell you this. I am so tired as a pastor for years now. It's always the questions that we've been arising. Well, what can I still do and still make it to heaven? How much can I drink? How much can I party? How how close to the edge can I go and still make it into heaven? I know y'all aren't going to help me. That's all right. I'm prepared today. I'm going to just go ahead and preach anyway. For too long, there have been too many, what I believe Jesus was referring to, foolish virgins 
ones that have known him, ones that have had relationship with him, ones that know better, but we've come to the place where we just simply want enough of Jesus to get by. Some might say we just, we're just looking for fire insurance. We're not looking for a relationship with Christ. It's not that we really want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. No, it's just well, we don't want to go to hell. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me. That's all right. Too long we've done this. How close, how close can we walk to that spiritual edge without falling off? What can I do? What can I steal? How much of the world can I still dip my toe into and enjoy it, but still have Jesus and still call myself a Christian and still, if I were to die or the trumpet was to sound, that I could still go to heaven. Folks, that is not the way Jesus intended for this thing to go. He never wanted us to just barely get by. He never wanted us to see how much of the world that we could have and still be right with him. No, sir, no, ma'am. He wants us to be full-fledged in with him. He said we must not try to just coast into heaven on fumes. Too many people are trying to do that. What can I what can I do? I'm going to just let you know. Some of you heard this. If you listened, some were there. But I'm going to give you this because this was one of the best examples, and it was a really good laugh that I really enjoyed, but it had a lot of truth to it. Thursday night, Pastor Moxley was preaching, and he said, he was talking about He's had folks come to him as a, when he was pastoring before he was evangelizing. Say, Pastor, how many beers do I have to drink before I'm considered a drunk? You know, because nowadays, whereas we used to just abstain from all alcohol, you know, now a lot of Christians are just kind of embracing the social, we drink socially. Well, the Bible says, you know, be not drunk, but it doesn't mean that we can have. And I heard him, he explained it the best, the best way that I've ever heard it before. And he said this, this fella came to him and said, you know, what, how, many, how, how many drinks, how many beers does it take before I'm just considered drunk and it becomes a sin? And he said this, he said, well, let me ask you this. He said, how many times do I need to kiss a man before it makes me gay? <laughs> and that fella said, I think one time will do it. Pastor Moxley said, I think one beer will about do it too. <laughs> Listen, we've tried to just walk this line. We've tried to be so close. How, how much can I drink? Can I socially drink? Can I, can I just do this? Can I, we've been so rough. We've preached a whole lot. On, and, and don't misunderstand me. But we've been all, we've been all on the, the homosexual stuff. But listen, we got a lot of folks in the church that, that can't be righteous in heterosexual relationships. Well, can we still, if we're in a committed relationship, can we still just do a little bit of this and do it? for this on Sunday morning here. Can't we just go ahead and, I mean, if we're, if we're committed to one another, we love one another. Listen, I'm talking about heterosexual stuff. Can't we just, you know, just a little bit of this and a little bit of that as long as we don't go all the way? Isn't it okay? Listen to this. Can I just say I'm a holiness preacher today and just tell you, no, absolutely not. This Bible is clear. It is clear on purity. It is clear on holiness. And it's time for the church to stop trying to stick our foot in the world just enough to enjoy it, but yet still make it to heaven. There were five foolish virgins that ran completely out of oil, and that's going to be us if we just try to barely coast in on fumes. Because the wise, we find, had plenty. I believe that we need to try to have so much of God that we have more than enough.
Folks, can I just talk to you? Some of you that raised your hand earlier talking about gasoline in a vehicle. Some of y'all that said when you get below three quarters of a tank, you start getting nervous and you start needing to find you a gas station. Listen, spiritually, that's the way we need to be. We need to be one more time that we start saying, God, I know that you've already touched me. I know that you've already blessed me. I know I've been in your word and I've been in prayer, but I I just can't chance getting too low. I need more of you. I need as much of you as is possible. You can never have too much of God's anointing. You can never have too much of God's presence. You can never have too much of God's word. We must once again find ourselves saying, God, fill me. When the apostle Paul, I mentioned it just a little earlier, the apostle Paul said, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. He said, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. You, drink, you begin to dig into that. The original Greek word on that is that present participle. What does it mean? It means you need to be filled and you need to be continually filled with his spirit. Can I put it to you like this? We need to be like Air Force One. When you watch some of those movies and, you, and those planes, that are up there and if there's an emergency situation they're still up in the air but they can have another fueling jet come up above them and continue to fuel them up even when they're still in the air folks I just want to tell you that's what I want I want God to fill me but even if I'm three quarters of the way full I want him to continue to fill me with his presence and power give God praise if you believe it What else do we find in this? We also find that it could not be given to the foolish by the wise. They had to get it for themselves. Look at this with me. Go back to our text. Verse 8. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Verse 9. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. I just need to tell you, I believe in godly heritage. I'm thankful for godly heritage. I'm thankful for praying grandparents. I'm thankful for praying parents. I'm thankful for praying pastors and praying youth pastors and praying Sunday school teachers. I'm thankful for praying elders of the church. But folks, they can't do it for you. It don't matter how much Mamma loves God, you got to get Jesus yourself. It don't matter how much Papa loves God, you got to get Jesus yourself. It doesn't matter how much Mama and Daddy love God, you yourself have got to get Jesus yourself. You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yourself. Please, please, please. I hope, I believe what Scripture tells me as a pastor in the five-fold ministry that I'm here for the equipping of the saints. And I pray that every time you come in this place that I do help encourage you and I do help equip you and I do help prepare you for the week that is coming ahead. But folks, I cannot be your only line to Jesus. you got to have a direct line to him yourself. You've got to have a relationship with the Lord. The foolish virgin said to the wise, give me oil. But they said, no, you've got to get it yourself. I need somebody in this place to hear me. You've got to learn to read and study the Word of God for yourself. You've got to learn to pray to God for yourself. I can't just pour oil on your head and slap you when you're here once a week. No, you've got to learn that every day you wake up out of your bed, that you've got a prayer life, that you get in the Word of God. You must connect with God yourself. I'm not trying to skirt out on any responsibilities. I want to prepare you. I want to equip you. But I can't be the only time. This can't be the only time that you get in this book and that you get in prayer. We find also 
something that can be controversial. I've heard a lot of different preachers preach different ways. Let's go back to verse 9. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Look at this. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. Now, here's where some people start getting nervous. Because they start thinking about, oh, how can this be spiritual? How can this be? You can't, you can't buy Jesus. You can't buy his blessings. You can't buy the anointing. Well, you can't buy salvation. Salvation is free. But to live the life of a Christian costs you everything. Can I take you to another parable that Jesus told? He was talking to some that were followers of him. He said, which one of you, if you're about to go build a tower, then you don't count the cost. You don't make sure that you've got enough money to do it. Listen, don't panic. I'm not, this is not me. I'm, this is just a story. If we were to build a building out there on that lot, before I went out there and started getting dozers and stuff, would we not want to get together and make sure that we've got either a loan or we've got enough in the bank? Or, because wouldn't it be embarrassing, Jesus said in that story, wouldn't it be embarrassing if you started building that tower and you ran out of money and ran out of resources? He also said, what about a king? What about a king before he goes to war? Does he not begin to count his soldiers? If he's got 10,000 soldiers, doesn't he think, can my 10,000 take on the 20,000 that that other king's got? And he said, if not, you send a peace party ahead to try to get some peace before they come in and basically slaughter you. You said, what is all that saying? Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to be willing to take up the cross. You've got to be willing to take up. Now, Jesus took up his cross, but he's calling us to take up our crosses. He's telling us that we must do what he has called us. Yes, salvation is free. You'll never earn your salvation. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this morning that if you want more of God, it's going to take paying the price in prayer. If you want more of God, it's going to take paying the price that you turn off the TV or turn off the social media and you pick up your Bible and you begin to study. It's going to take when you'd rather sleep when it's so rainy and the best stinking sleeping day you could think of that you decide I'm going to get myself up out of the bed and I'm going to get myself to the house of the Lord. I'm going to pay the price. going to cost you something. I got to keep moving. Number three, we find in this that the virgins fell asleep. Look at this. Look back at verse five. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Let me just let you see this here if you're looking with me. I want you to see this clearly. He was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I think it's significant that both the foolish and the wise all became sleepy and they all fell asleep. I think we're in a place, we've been in a place where even the wise virgins found themselves falling asleep. Church, I think that we especially, especially, listen, I know, I know some of you come from other countries where, where things are harder listen, and things are tougher, but listen, we've been so blessed here in America for so long that we fell asleep. We fell asleep when Roe versus Wade allowed innocent children to just be slaughtered in our nation. We fell asleep when prayer and Bible teaching was taken out of our public school system. We fell asleep as not too long ago our White House was lit up 
with the colors of the rainbow, not signifying God's promise, but celebrating homosexual marriages that were now available in our nation. Folks, I believe that both the wise and the foolish in this story and as it would come to pass have found ourselves falling asleep. There's a verse not too far back. If you want to turn back, it's at the end of the Old Testament in the book of Jonah. I want you to turn there if you've got your Bibles, the book of Jonah chapter 1. We find a very similar story. The book of Jonah chapter 1 and verse 5. Just to give you a little detail here if you don't know, if you've never studied the story of Jonah, I've been saying this for a while, and one of the preachers, I can't even remember who, had mentioned Folks don't know the Bible like they used to. A lot of times preaching, you just, I, mean, I can remember. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 16. I'm 41 now. I can remember when you used to. You say, y'all know this story. Y'all, now I get up in front of a congregation or somebody listening on this podcast, they may not know this story. Long story short, there was a prophet named Jonah. God told Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh and I need you to preach to them. Jonah, however, decided he didn't want to do what God had told him to do. So instead of going to Nineveh, he gets on a boat and he heads the plumb opposite way. And as he's out there on the boat, the Lord sends a storm. And the boat starts rocking and the waves are crashing. It looks like this thing is about to sink. And that brings us to where we are in chapter 1, verse 5. All the sailors were afraid. And each cried out to his own God. I want you to notice that. God, and that's a little g God there. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Now look at this. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. This has been years ago. Pastor Jensen Franklin came to North Cleveland Church of God and preached one night of revival, took that text and preached an entire message on the pagans are praying while the church is asleep. You see, I believe that just like Jesus said that the virgins, all ten, the wise and the foolish, fell asleep. There on that boat, the storm was coming. The, the, the thing was about to sink. And we find that every man, the Bible said in the book of Jonah, was calling out to his little G God. Meanwhile, the one dude with the link to the one real God was asleep. I don't know if you know this or not. Right here in good old Starkville, Mississippi, you don't, you don't quite see as much of this, but you don't have to travel very far. And you'll find that there are groups such as the Muslims who faithfully three times a day I can remember Dr. David Blair who just recently passed away talking about how when he was traveling in an airport and their time of prayer came along it didn't matter where they were, middle of the airport. They'd spread out their mat, and they got down, and they started to pray. This is going to hurt. But some of us Christians sometimes, we're sitting in a restaurant. We don't want to make too big of a scene and pray. We're trying to pray real quick, you know. And just, oh, I'm preaching now. <laughs> I remember him. He said, I got convicted. Here are these people who faithfully pray to a little G God. When we who have the connection to the one true living God, the creator of this universe, pray very little. I'm not going to give you the statistics. If you're interested, Google it. And you find how little nowadays Christian people are praying. The pagans are praying while the church is asleep. We have all fallen asleep. I told you both the five wise and the five foolish all fell asleep. But I've come by here this morning to blow a trumpet and try to wake up the startful church of God and say, folks, it's time for us to wake up. The bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming back quickly and we we must wake up and prepare ourselves and get our lamps ready and make sure that we have our oil because Jesus Christ is coming back at any moment in time. 
this is a, just a little bonus for you here that, it fi- that we find in this. At midnight, they all fell asleep, verse 6, at midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. All the virgins were surprised when he came. I need you to hear me. And let me, I'm going to dig into this. I don't, I don't like digging into a lot of silly stuff that don't really involve me, but I'm going to dig into this because it involves me because I'm your pastor and I've been called to help protect you. Listen, there was a whole lot of folks saying, it's before I got here, not long before, a whole lot of folks giving all these prophecies, all these prophecies. Oh, the Lord's done showed them this. Hey, I listen to people. I can't tell you how many times people, some folks are blowing up my inbox. You got to watch this. You got to see this. You got to listen to this. Prophecies that said, you know, I see it. The Lord showed me this, that in November, there's going to be U.N. troops in Washington, D.C., Chinese troops in Washington, D.C., that Trump is going to be president by the end of the day. Lord, it didn't stop. People kept sending me videos. November passes. Inauguration's not quite there. People still sending me videos. Prophets saying, oh, Trump's still going to get in there. Don't get nervous. I'm not getting political. I'm, I'm, I'm getting spiritual here. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but Trump is down at his golf course raising money and Joe Biden's in the White House. And let me just tell you this. God didn't miss that. God didn't say that was going to happen and then, oh, 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 well, I didn't see that one coming. God knew it the whole time. He said, what are you trying to say? I'm saying you better be careful who you listen to. Just because they say God said it, I will stand flat-footed and look you in the eye and tell you, if God said it, it will come to pass. I don't care if you label yourself a prophet, an apostle, or whatever you want to label yourself as. If you open your mouth and say, thus saith the Lord, you better know it was God that said it. Because if God said it, it's going to come to pass. And I'm going to go a step further, and this makes some some people got all tore up about it, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you say God said it and it don't come to pass, then you didn't hear God. Oh, that's tough stuff, I know it. Why do you say all this? Because there are also those that say, oh, the Lord's going to come back, so-and-so and so-and-so. Let me just take you on back. How many of y'all been in the church long enough? You was in church in 1988. Anybody in church in 1988? If you was in church in 1988, then I know good and well you at least heard about the book, 88 Reasons Why the Lord Will Come Back in 1988. Come on, how many of you remember that? You remember it? For 88 Reasons. And I'm pretty sure, I was a kid, I was nine years old, I'm pretty sure then in 89, he had an update and said, oh, missed it by one. And did 89 reasons why the Lord will come back in 89. Can I just tell you, the rapture has not yet happened. And Jesus himself said, I don't know the day or the hour. He said, no man knows the day or the hour except the Father in heaven. So if you hear somebody tell you, oh, the Lord's coming back on October the 6th, 2022. I don't know who told you that, but it wasn't the Lord. Because he said, nobody knows the day or the hour. You say, why are you getting into all this? Because I want you to see this. That both the wise and the foolish, they were, it wasn't even like one of them virgins had set her alarm and was awake and starts waking up the other nine and says, see, I told you. I told you he was coming back. None of them knew. We don't know the day or the hour that Jesus Christ is coming back. So we've got to be ready that at any moment 
God, I, I don't want to ramble here. But listen, he said that. Why? Because he didn't want us to be waiting to the last minute. Because what would most people do if they knew Jesus was coming back? Listen, if Jesus was coming back next Sunday, you know what a bunch of people would do? A bunch of them would just go live like the devil until next Friday. Y'all laughing, y'all know I'm telling the truth. And come and get it right at the last minute. I got to move on. I got to quit meddling. What else? Number four. There was a definite moment when time ran out. Look again at verse six. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Can we skip down just a little bit to verse 10? The very end of verse 10 says, And the door was shut. The bridegroom arrived, and he was not going to wait around. When he comes, time is up. Now, we want to try to make all of these excuses but I just need to preach the gospel truth to somebody today and let you know that there is a definite moment when it's over and time has run out. That reference there when it says, and the door was shut, is not the only time that is mentioned. In the book of Genesis, you can go back to an old guy named Noah who built an ark because said God said, I'm about to destroy this world with a flood. But you're going to build an ark, and whoever's on the ark is going to live, but whoever's not on the ark is going to die. And you find in that story that God, after Noah, he was building it and he was preaching. But time ran out, and God said, Noah, get on the ark. And when Noah got on the ark, the Bible clearly said that God shut the door. And when God shut the door and the rains began to fall, they started beating on the door saying let us in but Noah said and he, they, you don't find this but he had to say I didn't shut the door and I can't open the door. Folks there's coming a time we either go by death or we go by rapture but when God shuts the door time is up and every single one of us must be ready to meet our maker when time has run out. We must be ready. You say, oh, that's just, that's just scare tactics. Well, what, ha what happened to people being a little afraid? When did that become a wrong thing? Listen, I, I should be afraid to die and go to hell. Have you read about hell? It's not a party place. It's a place of eternal torment where your flesh burns and is not consumed, where worms eat your flesh, but you never die. You're separated from God and his presence. And personally, from what I read from the story that Jesus tells of the rich man and Lazarus, the worst part of hell is that there's a one-way mirror and people in heaven can't see what's going on in hell. But I believe part of the torment of hell is the people in hell can look up and see all the glory and the splendor and the family that they missed out on because they wouldn't accept Christ. A time of reckoning is coming. A definite moment we find came when time ran out. Fifthly and finally, we find that those that were ready made it and those that were not ready were shut out. Verse 10. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. The door was shut. Later, the others also came, 
Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Folks, we got a, a mandate. We have got a gospel mandate to preach and teach the cross of Jesus Christ. And that there is no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus. I don't care what anybody else tries to tell you, tries to preach to you. There is only one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. All of those former, Joseph Smith, dead. Every leader of every different religion is dead and in the grave. But there's one. There's one over just outside of the city of Jerusalem. There's an empty tomb. And he only had to borrow it for three days. His name is Jesus. And right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Go ahead and praise him. That's all right. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me. There's one way, folks. I can't tell you, listen, if you live good enough, you'll make it. Nope, it's only through Jesus. I can't tell you if you're a good enough Muslim, maybe you'll make it. Nope, it's only through Jesus. I can't tell you that, you know, if you think enough positive thoughts and if you feed enough orphans, it, nope, only way is through Jesus Christ. And having him wash your sins away in his precious blood. Stand with me all over the house if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just lift your hands all over this house right now. Lord, we just worship you and we praise you. We give you glory and honor. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, just open up your mouths and worship him. Lord, we just give you praise and honor and glory, Lord. There is none like you. There is none besides you, Lord. You are the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by you. Lord, I just give you praise. I give you thanks. I give you glory, O oh Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you're right with the Lord, I need you to just start praying because I'm about to give an altar call, a very serious altar call. Right now, if you're here in this house, under the sound of my voice, God sent me here to just send you a warning and get you ready. You know, a lot of people want to call it hate. No, absolutely not. I heard a pastor just last week, I believe it was, I was listening to his podcast talking about how we preach about sin. Now, now we're just called judgmental and all of this. But he said, I'm not trying to be judgmental. If you were heading 90 miles an hour toward a bridge that was out, how can it be hateful for me to say, stop? I just came by to tell somebody that's not living for God and that's living in sin. I'm not here to be ugly to you. I love you. And more importantly, God loves you. I'm just telling you, if you're not right with God, you're headed to a bridge that's out. 
And I'm trying to just tell you, turn around. That there's a better way. And his name is Jesus. Come on, folks, just worship the Lord for a second. I'm not rushing this. It's not a, it's only quarter till 12. Just, I'm not in a rush here. I want the Lord to do his work here. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with the Lord. Maybe you've even got a question. I'm just not sure if I'm right with the Lord. Can I tell you, before you leave this place today, you can be 100% absolutely sure that you're right with the Lord. If you're here this morning, say, Pastor, I'm not right with the Lord, or I'm just not sure, but I want to make things right. Would you just come right now to this altar? These altars are open right now. I'm telling you, church folks, I need you to start praying. Folks that are right with the Lord, this is a, this is a serious moment right now. Thank you so much. Come, come on right here. Come on, anybody else that you be so bold and say, I'm, I'm just not sure. You can be sure before you leave this place today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, anybody else in this place? I wish every hand would be lifted right now. Saints, that you're praying. Pray. You don't know. It might be the person beside you that needs to be up here. Just begin to pray. Lord, I pray that you just begin to deal with the hearts right now of every person in this house in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? I'm not in a rush today. I don't have any place else I need to be. This is the most important place, and this is the most important moment right now in the name of Jesus. Sister Linda, come on up. One of these ladies, Jamie, come on down. Just begin to pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Eric, would you come over here? Come over here and begin to pray. I need some godly men and women. I want you to just pray with these right now. I'm not going to stick them. I'd rather do this one-on-one. Not embarrass anybody. Hallelujah. Anybody else? These altars are still open. These altars are still open. That's it. That's it. I need some more godly women right here. Come on. I need another Holy Ghost filled godly woman right over here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. The Word's doing the work. The Spirit's doing the work right now. Don't you leave this place saying, I wish I would have come. Don't you leave this place saying, I wish I would have come to the altar. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. You can make it right, right here, right now. Yes, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. These altars are open. These altars are still open. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, saints. I need you. I need you to pray. Come on. I need my godly saints to come on and get to these altars. COVID. COVID. I know it's not completely done but we're, we can pray again. We can pray again together. I need some godly, Holy Ghost-filled people to come and to pray. This is an important moment. This is an important time. There's no other moment. There's no other time more important. Souls are in the balance. Eternity is hanging in the balance right Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, have your way in this place. Let the Word and the Spirit do the work here. Let the Word and the Spirit do the work here today, I pray. Convict every heart, O oh Lord. 
Oh, don't let anybody leave this place, Lord, not ready to meet you. Don't let anybody leave this place not ready that if the trumpet should sound or if their final moment and breath came, Lord, I want us all to be ready for your return. Yes, Jesus. Yes, she don't leave this place with any doubt in your heart that you're right with the Lord today. Yes, oh Lord. Yes, oh Lord. Yes, oh Lord. Holy Ghost, draw, convict, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Do your work in this place, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost of God, have your way in this place today. Have your way in this place today. Oh, Lord, come on, don't sit back there. Don't sit back there wishing you would have come. Please don't walk out of this building today thinking I wish I would have just went down. Please don't walk out of this building today saying, I wish I would have just walked up there. The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. The Spirit of the Lord is drawing you right now. Please don't leave this place. The bridge is out ahead. This is not me. This is not God being mean. This is us crying out, saying the bridge is out ahead. Turn around. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, my mama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you right now for your spirit. Thank you for what you're doing right here. I pray, Lord, right now for forgiveness. Forgiveness is flowing in this house right now in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness is flowing in this house. Lord, you told us in your word, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. I pray that you would let there be a healing flow, a forgiving flow right now in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, that we would make sure that our cups are overflowing, that we're not trying to just coast into heaven on fumes, that we're not just trying to barely make it, that we're not just looking for fire insurance, oh God, but that we are, Lord, we want our cups to overflow. We want to be so full of your word and your spirit. We want the oil of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives afresh and anew. Oh God. Keep praying, but I want everybody in this house to just put your hands in the air and say, Lord, fill my cup today. Lord, fill my cup. Let me be full of your oil today in the name of Jesus. Come on, just say it. Say, Lord, I want to be full of your oil. I want to be full of your oil. I want to be full of your oil. I want my cup to overflow. I don't want to just try to coast in on fumes. I want to be so full that when the trumpet sounds, when the midnight cry goes out, that I am ready to see the master. I'm ready to see the bridegroom. Fill us afresh and anew. Fill us afresh and anew, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Fill us, O oh Lord. Fill us today, O oh Lord. Fill us today, O oh Lord. Yes, O oh Jesus. 
Yes, oh Jesus. Yes, oh Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for what you're doing here in this place. Thank you for what you're doing, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord.